Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> Somebody's got a case of the Mundus. Because he has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, September 12th, and welcome to the Season 9 broadcast for me over the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your host for the Stupid Cancer Show. All right, it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year, so got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, it's time to get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show, well, what is it? It's the season nine premiere. Kicking it off in the Survivor Spotlight, we have Jolene Von Milinich, young adult rock, Survivor rock star. A lot of you out there know her, love her. And we've got in studio Milette Lopez. She's a young adult breast cancer survivor. She's co-founder of Squeaky Wheel Media and founder of IHadCancer.com. The bald, the beautiful Johnny Immerman, young adult testicular cancer survivor and founder of Immerman Angels. And the not bald, but maybe the ribald and beautiful Tamika Felder. Nicely done. Thank you. Young adult survivor, cervical cancer, and the founder of Tamika and Friends. The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of the I'm Too Young for the Cancer Foundation. Online at stupidcancer.com, we're not your father's cancer society, and we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs. So, welcome aboard. Another funville and exciting romp to the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure, and survivorship is all that matters. And a Stupid Cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes. Don't forget, as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. And don't forget about the live interactive chat feed during each broadcast. We invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, and ask questions of our guests. And a big welcome back in our studio here to Mr. Kenny Kane. Hello. Reverend Dr. James Manning. Good evening. And hello, Lisa. Hello, Matthew. It's season nine. Yes, it is. It's season nine. We've been gone for a month. We're going to mention this at the end of the show, but it is our 196th show since our launch on May 28th, 
2007. So Can we get a big cake for our yeah. 200th show? I was going to say, is drinking permitted in, uh, in a month? <laughs> yes, it is. We've already been drinking. Exactly. I right. show up for cake. I'm liquored just cake. happily, very happily right now. Cake. Cake? Cake. <laughs> I like cake. Oh, who doesn't like cake? Yeah. No, no, I know who doesn't like cake. Chris Carr doesn't <laughs> like cake. She likes kale cake. Kale cake. Kale cake. Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Juiced kale cake. Oh, anything yeah. like carrot cake? I'm going to go no. with no. No. I'm, gonna, no. I'm just going to go on a whim. Sugar. A lark. Sugar bad. I imagine kale cake would taste like the inside of a fishbowl if you scraped it off and put it in a little... Maybe a week-old fishbowl where the fish have been dead yeah. inside and unfed for months. Right. I'm just trying to paint the picture. Yeah. Something like that. Kudos it. to Chris Carr, though. Yes. So a lot of stuff has transpired, Matthew. Well, just briefly, I'm excited because we rebranded the Stupid Cancer Show. We got a fancy new logo, fancy uh-huh. new graphics, fancy yep. new picture. Actually, it's the same picture in front of just a different bridge. You ma- <laughs> made fancier. Yes, <laughs> made fancier. You took a picture in front of a bridge only to be photoshopped in front of another bridge. Yes, as if you somehow traveled via subway to another bridge. So I've heard two takes from the from the uh, image that it looks like it was intentionally photoshopped on purpose, and that's the whole point of it. And others like, wow, it looks really good. So we've, we've made, apparently we've, we've approved. Although the intentional photoshopping could be an excuse for mediocre photoshopping. That is, yes, exactly. I'm completely lost. Yes. You, you sit and here confused. agog. You're I am. Agog. <laughs> I found that. Did I, did I text message you? I saw yes. the word agog somewhere. And I, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, no, you know, it was in a crosser puzzle. Scrabble. That's, That's right. right. Yes. Scrabble board, yes, I think exactly. it was, or something. Yes. Well, uh, I want to welcome on the air our brand new uh, director of development and programming, Colleen O'Neill. Colleen Let's give her a cheer. is a uh, young adult thyroid survivor from Chicago. She lives in Chicago. She knows She's a Johnny. thyroid cancer survivor. What I say? She's not only survived her thyroid; she survived <laughs> thyroid cancer. See, I've survived my thyroid <laughs> exactly. Colleen joins us from Chicago, not on the air, but Colleen is uh, probably listening in tonight. She has a beautiful young daughter. Uh, yeah. She's taking the reins on helping us to reach that next level. How do I get one of those telecommuting jobs inside um, this lovely organization? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, t- I'm tired of putting the key in the door every morning. Just don't get out of bed every day. And right. yeah. stay, home on your, stay home on Long Island. Right. We'll have to get you See what happens. a USB tinfoil hat. Yes. That's very nice. Okay. Um, in good news, we did sign the contract with the Palms Hotel Casino. OMG 2012 was officially a go. And a gog. And a gog. Yeah. We will be launching it um, in a teaser launch probably next Monday or next Tuesday. And I want to give another shout-out to our uh, OMG Steering Committee, uh, 18 amazing young adult survivors from all across the country, all walks of life, uh, doing an amazing job behind the scenes getting this thing organized, um, getting the fundraising components in set, uh, uh, set up. Uh, we have Chris Prestano, who's in the chat room, and she's one of those members, and I carry this forward to her. You guys are doing an amazing job. Mostly because they've helped steer us to Las Vegas. Yes, exactly. And, we lo- and that's a good destination. That's good stuff. Yeah. I will bring up... Um, that the 50-50 cancer film from Seth Rogen and Will Reiser is coming out September 30th. I had the privilege of seeing a screening of it with uh, Kathleen Lobb and Katie Couric from the uh, Stand Up to Cancer group. And I wrote a review, which will be released on Wednesday. So Is that going to be a midnight release? or It'll be Tuesday night before I get on the plane. 12.01 tomorrow night. Okay. I Do will... folks have to queue up somewhere to read your review? Yeah. It'll be on Huffington yeah. Post. It'll be on... Blogger and go all to, that you stuff. You go, go to your local Applebee's and wait yeah, outside. Exactly. Yeah. Skywriting. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we're we're going to be working with them on a special screening in Los Angeles on the 22nd at the Grove. I'll get to finally meet Seth and Will and some of the crew from the film. 
The Grove is like one of the best places to see a movie. The Grove is great. It's like, I an, just it's saw, like an outdoor yeah. railroad it's, inside a mall. It, I know. Outside. It's, it's sort of like Disney World. It is. Yeah, like it's a very, mall. It's very Disney World. And they have great screenings, and uh, so folks out there, look for that. That should be a lot of fun. And I do want to announce, last before we get to uh, you know, 9-11, Andy Whitfield, um, is He's that... He's rattling off these yeah. major events. Yeah. 9-11, yeah. Andy Chernobyl. Whitfield, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The moon landing. <laughs> Actually, I started to say about the moon landing in a second. Um, we, we welcome... Blah, blah, blah. We landed end, on the moon. At the end of season uh, eight, we had a, a retrospective memorial for... Um, uh, Oh, God, I'm blanking on the name because my brain doesn't work. Cancer 101. Please, name? Monica Knoll. Thank you. Brain Mm -hmm. not working. Uh, Cancer 101, Monica Knoll passed away, founder of Cancer 101. Uh, We have um, partnered with them from a real estate perspective, and they have uh, moved into our offices. We are happy to support them as they uh, get through this uh, challenging time, having lost their fearless leader. Um, but a special shout-out to Cancer101.org on the web. If you want to check them out, they make an amazing survivor planner that has been approved by four to five dentists, actually. And they're officially the guy on the couch now in the office. Yes, they are. Anyway. There's another guy on the couch? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. What's <laughs> going on? There's too many guys on the couches. Not good. Yeah, not the good. one that's not drunk is right. what we're talking about. So, all right, well, let's get to some serious stuff. Andy Whitfield. Yes. The star of the uh, Stars series, Spartacus, yes. who was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and unfortunately just passed away at age 39. He had left the show, couldn't continue. They had hired another actor to replace him, and uh, the news just broke that he that he passed away, unfortunately. He was a Welsh actor, but had lived in Australia. His wife was with him when he passed. And as uh, Matthew uh, and all of us here like to say, not okay. Not okay. Very sad. Very sad Very news. Important. And he was Australian, correct? He was Welsh, and he Welsh. actually lived in he lived in Australia, but he was actually oh, born in in okay. Wales. Got it. And of course, we can't not talk about nine eleven tenth anniversary. Yeah. Big news. Big news, and it was a uh, jittery day because they released all those alerts uh, alerts for those here in Washington and across the I mean here right. in Washington. Talk about brain not working. I don't even know what city What's I'm in. What's your excuse? I have none. Lisa's calling in from D.C. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, here in New York and in Washington and everywhere because the entire country was on alert. So I love um, that there was an article in the paper that says, New Yorkers unfazed by terror threats. Like, <laughs> we just don't care anymore. Right. <laughs> like, get the hell out of here. I don't think that's the case. I think we're all, we all feel like we have to be active in the right. fight against terror. We're all, we're all fighters now. We're right. all in, you know, that mode. Yep. Ah, uh, well. And um, what else did I have here? I just wanted to say that Kenny and I were in San Diego at the National Coalition of Oncology Nurse Navigators Annual Conference, and we were uh, right when the blackout struck. Things that, like Six, that tend to happen when you travel to these my places. My travel curse has now affected 5,999,998 other people. Can I, can so I, I tell, feel much better Can I tell it. a quick yeah. story from San Diego? Yeah. So the power goes out a couple hours after we land, and uh, they're on backup generators. Matt's piano is getting tuned for his keynote the next morning. So obviously a generator comes on, and uh, Matt's like, all right, I'm going up to my room. Oh, I'm going to go up to my room now. Climbs nine, nine flights of stairs. Text me. Just got to my room, you know, effing uh, tired. Hang on. I'm on the ninth floor. You're on the 23rd floor. Right, right, right. So so he texts me like, or I think I called you or something. Yeah. like, oh, I just walked up uh, nine flights of stairs. Uh, and I'm like, Matt, you know there's one elevator running, right? 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that gets one of these. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other thing we have to mention tonight, but we don't want to really say too much about it because we don't want to drive our listeners there, is supposedly there's the insane men's U.S. Open tennis finals happening right now with yes. Nadal and Djokovic. So every once in a while it would be nice. I think that um, Djokovic is up two sets to one. But if anybody has one eye and, and half of an ear on that and doesn't pull away entirely from the show, they could give us updates in the chat room. That would be appreciated. Yeah. Just saying. So we're turning the chat room into ESPN. Sure. Okay. Why not? I, I approve this message. Why not? The U.S. Open is one of the few sports that I'm aware of. That you're aware of. Yes. Right. Which is a good thing to start. Because Jews play tennis. Do they? <laughs> More than, say, football or... Pete Samprowitz. Basketball. Or, I tell you, I was yeah. watching it on my TV, and I like the new digitized stuff they do with the players, where they show them, like, in, like, 3D, whatever. Yeah. Fancy schmancy. Oh, because the, te- the techiness the of techiness it brought of you it. in. Yeah, it's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um, what I don't like, and we'll get to Jolene Zinnis in one second, is I do not like the fact that there is a Mercedes-Benz logo yeah. on the net. It's very distracting, and I disapprove. Well, they cough up the cash, they get to put that is it true. That wherever is true. they want, I suppose. Ugh. Ugh. All right, well, let's get to our Survivor Spotlights tonight, because this is sort of a big deal. Wait, when do we actually get to play the You Know What song? Which one? For our special. Are, we, are you going with uh, My Life? That's a surprise. Oh, okay. I'll be quiet now. Right. Now, these folks honestly need no introduction. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves because the story is just so powerful that it goes beyond anything I've, I've experienced. And um, I would just like to welcome to the show, it is an honor and a privilege to welcome Jolene and Denise Von Milanich to the show. Jolene and Denise. Hello. You on Hi, the guys. air? Hello. Can you hear us? We can hear you just fine. We are so excited to have you on the line. We are so excited to be on the line. <laughs> hey, Jolene. We How are you doing? We want to make sure that you guys can hear us okay. We can hear we you got, just fine. We got gotcha. you. What's up, Jolene? Not much. How are you guys doing? We're good. You got like a thousand people listening to the show just because of you, girl. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But I feel like I can barely hear you. Okay. Okay, um, we'll shout. We'll try to shout a little yeah. louder. How's that? We'll crank up okay. the volume here. Nice. Okay. So, in any um, case, I, I wanted you, instead of giving you an introduction, which probably wouldn't do justice or service, I wanted you to basically talk us through how you got to where you're at right now and how this all began, because I remember meeting you like two or three years ago at UCSD, and I think that was when it all started, correct? Yeah, it was at UCSF when she was doing her first uh, round of chemo. That's right, UCSF, my apologies. Yeah. So what was your initial diagnosis and how was it detected? Her, um, she was originally diagnosed with a uh, phyllodes tumor when she was 17 years old. Can you turn the volume up? <laughs> she was originally diagnosed when she was 17 with a phyllodes tumor, but it was benign, and she had like three or four lumpectomies. And then when she was 22, she... I was the, 23. 23. She had a double mastectomy. So phyllodes, her, obvi- uh, phyllodes is obviously as, as, uh, is a breast 
uh, tumor. Yeah, it's a rare form of breast cancer. Yeah, it right. accounts for less than one percent of all breast tumors. That's that right. Women that. And a double. So you, so uh, Denise, you said that she had. I'm sorry, three or four. Um, Lumpectomies, yeah. Right. And Over then the course a, and, of like four years. And then a double mastectomy because it was recurring. Yeah, it recurred, and it was uh, it was not benign anymore. It was like a spindle cell type cancer. So basically, I had four lumpectomies from the ages of 17 to 23, and then at 23, it turned into full-blown malignant. So then I had to have the double mastectomy at 23, where I had to get both breasts removed. And then... We had issues with my job and issues with my insurance. So then um, I had to get the double mastectomy. And they changed her insurance right before she the recurrence of for her double mastectomy. Uh, so she wasn't going to the UC Davis anymore. She she had to go to a private doctor. So there was no oncologist on board during that time because of the insurance issue. Right, of course. And what was her career prior to this? She was graduated Western Career College as a medical assistant, and she got hired where she did her extern side at. So I was the girl when you go to the doctor's office, the girl that does her shots and does her weight and right. and assists with all the medical procedures and stuff. That's a very important job. It's very important. Yeah. Often, not yeah. only in terms so of skill level, but for yeah. Five years. And after I had my double mastectomy and doing that job for five years, I lost my job. And the doctor said, because um, your thinking skills, because my critical thinking skills declined. Which is, you know, but of course, being a 23-year-old losing your breath, your critical thinking skills are going to decline just a little bit, you know. Sure. Of course. And here you were actually working for a medical establishment. I mean, mm-hmm. did you have a feeling that then they might be perhaps a bit more sympathetic to your situation? They could yeah, have been. I think <laughs> they would be, but they were not at all. Wow. That, and what type of doctors were you working for? It was a general practice doctor. Like, we did everything. We saw patients from infants to 100-year-olds. So people right. from all aspects of life, people on welfare, just people of medical. Wow. Did you enjoy that so job? So people from all aspects of life. And you think working for a doctor's office, they would have more compassion than anybody. Yeah, she really loved her job a lot. She loved it so much. And then all the patients there loved her a lot, too, so they were a lot of them were really sad to see her go. Cause we, we couldn't go. We can't go anywhere in town here without running into one of the patients, you know, that she knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys, are, you guys live where again? Tell everybody. We live in Auburn. It's kind of a small community. And Auburn. But it's a great one. Oh, above California. California. Near Sacramento, yeah, California, correct? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, above Sacramento. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, t- so, you, so you said that there was no oncologist on board when you switched doctors because of your insurance. So, what happened right. then? Did you eventually, um, you know, go through chemotherapy treatments, or what happened after you uh, were in, found yourself in that situation? Yeah, eventually, 
When I had the mastectomy, the tumor was 11 centimeters large. 11? Yeah. On one side. Yeah, on one side. So I thought my breast was going to explode. Yeah, you could could see that. When you have a baby, your your cervix has to be 10 centimeters. 11 centimeters dilated. Yeah, 10 centimeters dilated. (laughs) And my tumor was 11 centimeters, so my tumor was larger than a baby's head. <laughs> wow. And then that's just on one side. On the other side of it was 7 centimeters. So when she lost her job, um, they we had to put her on straight Medi-Cal. Mm-hmm. And so then we, that's so when then the oncologist they sent got me, on board. Then they sent me to UC San Francisco. And then that's when I got a hold of I2I and met Matthew Zachary and met all the great people involved in I2I. Right. And we've been your biggest fans ever since. (laughs) Yep, and I've loved you guys. You guys have done nothing but great things, and I appreciate it. So let's, let's get a little serious now. Talk us through the last couple of months. Okay. Well, um, back in July, um, I started, well, the tumor spread, well, back last year, like around New Year's, I started having pain in my right jaw, and I thought it was an abscess, like a tooth abscess, so I went to the dentist. And they thought it was an abscess, too. So they did dental x-rays, and they said, no, this is connected to your bone. So I went back to UCSF, and they did dental x-rays, and they decided it was connected to the bone. And then they did a biopsy, and the biopsy came back that it was a chondrosarcoma, meaning that the tumor was actually growing into my jawbone. So last June, they had to remove part of my jaw and replace it. Of last year. Yeah, last June of last year, they had to remove part of my jaw and replace it with my fibula. Right. And... um, Sorry, I'm all shaky and emotional. <laughs> I don't oh, mean to be. take take your time, yeah. Yeah. please take your time. No worries at all. That's a lot. That's a lot to go through. I mean, Amanda Freeman here, who had sarcoma in her jaw, had a similar uh, yes, she surgery did. where that she had true. it from her her fibula as well, I believe. Amanda, oh, wow. if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was a similar surgery. No, our, that is true. Our broadcast um, production assistant uh, on the show, Amanda Freeman. So Freeman. So we're familiar with. You know that's a that's a heck of a surgery to go through. Yeah, and chondrosarcoma doesn't react to chemotherapy either. Yeah, but she only went through three different kinds of chemos because her her thyroid had metastasized a couple places, and this is bef- and she was in the middle of her second kind of chemo during when her first tumor came up, her chondrosarcoma came up in her jaw. She's in the middle of that. So the so round. the jaw so the sarcoma in the jaw it's a separate sarcoma that's unrelated to the breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay, and what had and and the metastasis has come from the the breast cancer or the sarcoma? I think it's from the sarcoma. Okay. 
So now you've, um, and in terms of, so you were going through the uh, chemo. Did you have separate chemo both for the breast cancer and the sarcoma? Yeah, I was in the middle of a clinical trial. No, you know, she had a stroke in July, so she's a little bit confused. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, and she was in the middle of her second chemo when the first tumor came up in her jaw, and then, so they removed that, and then she did some clinical trial chemo, which worked on all the rest of her tumors. She had one in her, um, uh, in her lung, in her rib area, one in her groin area, and one in her, around her neck. So they harvested my armpit. Yeah, in her armpit. But the clinical trial worked on all those. So that was the third kind of chemo that she'd done. And then during that time, a whole other tumor grew. In her jaw. In my jaw. So then it was like my whole jaw was one big tumor. Yeah, and, it, and they let it get so big, she did six weeks or five weeks of radiation, while, and it was humongous. I don't know if you guys seen the pictures on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. How, how huge it was in her jaw. Yeah. It was just awful. And so they removed her jaw and took the fibula bone from her other leg. So now she has matching legs. <laughs> we call them shark bites. <laughs> shark bites. Yeah, so that what? was this year. She had that wow. done. And, and this. Then, I'm sorry. On. No, Denise, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Okay, and then um, she developed another tumor in her left jaw this time, in her left lung. That's what she has current now, and one in her brain, and then right behind her eye socket or eye and so they debulked that in the at the end of June and uh and then I think in July is when she had her stroke. So but they couldn't remove the tumor that's in her brain so she still has that right now. And she's on hospice right she's been on on hospice since July fifth. Right so, and that that brings us to the conversation which is you're on your terms right now. Yeah, exactly. Which and her is, pain is, this is the first time her pain has been under control in the past two years, you know, because these tumors yeah. caused her quite a bit of pain, and she was on a lot of pain medications. And so now the hospice, with their combination of drugs, her she's in no pain. <laughs> for once, I'm in no pain, thank yeah. God. Yeah. That's incredibly yeah. important. Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. I know, it's amazing. Yeah. So and I've been on hospice. I had my stroke on July 3rd. And so I've been in a hospice since then. So now it's just kind of hanging out, and I've been planning my funeral, planning all my services. And I feel so grateful to be on hospice right now. Like, I know that's weird to say, like, who says that they're grateful to be on hospice and they're grateful to have time to plan their funeral. But I truly am, because it gives me an opportunity to make plans and have fun. Yeah, we've been um, doing fundraising through Jingles for Jolene on Facebook, and we have her um, her urn and all the jewelry that for everybody paid for, and we have her cremation all paid for now. Now we're working on raising funds for the cemetery because she wants to be buried locally here in Auburn. So we're working on that next through fundraising, and there's been a lot of local fundraising involved as well. Well, I have to chime in and say the outpouring of support for Jolene has been unlike anything I've really ever seen. I know. It's so amazing. amassed a small army of people. Uh, Let me just ask you, you, are, are you experiencing a sense of peace at this point because of the choices you've made? Yes, definitely. Because yeah. I know a lot of people don't get this opportunity. 
A lot of people don't get the chance to pick to pick out their music or pick the people who should speak at their services. And a lot of people don't get the chance to make plans and do all that stuff. And mm. I just feel a great sense of peace and a great sense of gratefulness that I get to do, that I get to do this. And, and not it only hurts my family. Like it's hard to talk about certain things to my family, like my grandma and my brother. Sure. But yeah. it's just one of those things that you have to talk about. And if you don't talk about it, then when it's your time to go, you don't know what's going to happen, and anything can happen. I mean, I just, I, I can't tell you how your honesty. And your articulation and your acceptance of this is just so powerful. I mean, you you joke about it. I remember when I spoke to you via email or on Facebook back in July when we first talked about getting you on the show. You're like, I just picked up my urn. Like you were so enthusiastic about that, and you're like, if I'm still here, I'll come on the show. It's it's just so, it's just remarkably inspiring how you've chosen to handle this and, and what message you're putting out there to the world uh, through this situation. Because there's really no other way. Like, Well, there is other ways, but, you know, if you're all negative about it, it doesn't change anything. Nothing changes. Like, I'm still going to pass away. Yeah, you know, we're trying to make the best of it, you know. Like, when we, she first got home from the hospital... We all our friends came over. We had like thirty people, and we had a, we partied for like three or four days. <laughs> Somebody brought over a yeah, big old bottle of Captain Morgan. I've been <laughs> I've been keeping up with the the pictures on Facebook, and it seems like you're doing a lot of arts and crafts lately, Jolene. The Captain yeah, Morgan. Yeah. You know, I also see on Facebook, you know, you're writing, I love adventures. And did you take a trip to Lake Tahoe recently? You're talking about your nephew's birthday. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, she. Went up there, yep. Yeah, and went on a. <laughs> did you go on a Ferris wheel? And I was reading in. Oh, that was that was on Sunday. She went to the. We took her and to the yesterday. fair. And yesterday, we went yesterday. to the fair. <laughs> Fantastic. Because yeah. I figured the days that I feel good. Yeah. Why the hell not go out and do something that's fun? Why the hell not? And, yeah, and the days that I feel bad, I'll just stay at home and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's been painting her friends the ceramics, you know, the, the figurines you can paint. She's been painting all her friends special gifts. And then we had a quilt, uh, quilt pieces that girls from our church brought over, and so and the pins, the writing, fabric pins and stuff, so all her friends got to make a quilt piece. And, and then the gals from the church put it all together, and she has such a beautiful quilt now, a memory quilt. It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. this is the time to go out and make the memories. And then Corey here at the Pink Pearl did like over 30 tattoos of uh, pink ribbon tattoos with Jolene's name in it for free. <laughs> so that Fantastic. was pretty awesome. We Fantastic. kept them pretty busy for a while there. <laughs> yeah. But we've been making we've been making the most of the time here, you know. Amazing. You have one brother, Jolene? Is it one yeah. sibling? Well, I have two. Well, I have to have seven sisters, but they're from my dad. Okay. <laughs> He was kind of busy. And then I have two <laughs> brothers, but one brother that I'm really close to. Yeah, yeah. my son. <laughs> Your son, yeah. Well, Jolene uh, and Denise, we, we have to end the conversation for the show tonight. Um, but I have one. There was a question 
from the chat room. There's a lot of people in there, you know, sending their love. Uh, they can't stop saying enough amazing things about you. Mm-hmm. But the question that was asked was that if you could give any advice to someone else going through a similar situation, what would that be? Um, just to not let anything go lightly, you know? Like, if there's something going on that you if there's something that you want to do, go out and do it. Don't just sit around and wait to do it. Just do it because you don't know when or where your next chance will be. Amen, sister. Amen. Well, we have a special we have a special present for you guys as we end your segment, and I just can't thank you enough for for making the time for us, and and everyone's just so excited. So this is jo- a special treat. We just have to say, Jolene, you're yeah. a real role model. You are. You're just you're you're an unbelievable role model. What 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 you've put out into the world is uh, just cannot be underestimated. You're just you're you're a force. And mom too. Yeah, Denise so counts you. also. <laughs> Thank you. So She's been a huge part in this, too. Of yeah. course. Yeah, and Jolene's beautiful attitude makes it all a lot easier. I'm well, sure. this well, is for you guys. So thanks for coming on the show, and we'll be in touch. Take care of yourselves. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you, Matthew.
Well, let's, uh, let's take a breath here. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Really amazing stuff. Kind well, of can't, words can't even express no. it, you know? Um, uh, yeah, amazing. Well, anyway, let's, uh, let's get to the news, pretty quick news tonight, and, um... Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Eye on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. During this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announce to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services that we don't want you missing out on. And they're all just for young adults with cancer. Things like conferences, happy hours, retreats, kayaking and mountain climbing trips, finance webinars, college scholarships, bar crawls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. So if you have something coming up that you'd like us to spread the word about during this part of the show, please send us an email to info at stupidcancer.com. That's info at stupidcancer.com. Head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we certainly don't want you missing out. What's on tap, Matt? We have uh, happy hours in North Carolina tomorrow night, in Boston on Wednesday night, in Seattle on Sunday night, uh, in Nashville next Wednesday night, and in northern New Jersey on the 28th. We also have a happy hour going on in, um, actually, that's at the 28th. In Joyzee. And November 5th, or is the uh, boot camp in Philadelphia, correct? KK? I'll I think go, so. I'll go with it. Yeah. All right. Boot camp in Philadelphia. And the weekend afterwards, the boot camp in New Orleans. Exciting stuff. It's the unofficial. Unofficial? Oh, I think the, it's official no, it's the right official. now. Official. Yeah, I was saying, it, it's the official by now. Save the date for the 5th Annual OMG Cancer Summit in Las Vegas. March 30th, 31st, and April 1st, 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 2012, for an all-out weekend of insanely awesome programs, events, social networking at the hippest annual event in all of Cancerland. Keep your eyes peeled at omg2012.org over the coming weeks for more details. And the official, this is the official. No, it's the date. The re- Remember, when registration launches, yeah. I'll update We this. need to rewrite the script here. I will. 30th, 31st, April 1st, people, omg2012.org. Yes. The Stupid Cancer Forums have more than 900 members actively using it every single day. This is your premier online community to connect with survivors, patients, caregivers, and providers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com today. Sign up with one click through Facebook. This is our Dashing Young Men segment here. As always, be sure to register yourself with Immerman Angels, our partner in one-on-one peer matching, Johnny Immerman, show tonight. ImmermanAngels.org. Check out our calendar for first descents also. Oh, that other good-looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name again? Mr. Brad. <laughs> Brad Ludden. Mr. Kayak. Mr. Kayak, Brad Ludden, First Descents, the premier YA young adult outdoor adventure organization. Visit firstdescents.com. And that, and that is, is your, your stupid cancer, cancer news. All right, she's getting rickrolled. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Am I reading this or are you? I'm reading this. All right, it's up to you. It is my pleasure to introduce Milet Lopez. While undergoing treatment for type 2B breast cancer, Milet Lopez realized that there was a serious problem that accompanied dealing with cancer that she, even of a loving and devoting, devoted support network, couldn't escape. Oh, that feeling of isolation and confusion that accompanied 
the disease and her treatment. After surviving her battle with cancer, she wanted to help the next person affected, so she chronicled her experience and created a blog to connect with people who wanted to talk. By harnessing the power of social media and the resources of a seasoned interactive team, I Had Cancer. Dot com was born. Please welcome in studio Milette Lopez. Hello. Hello. Thanks, Lisa and Matt and team. Thanks for having me here. We like having flesh and blood here in the uh, studio. It's nice yes, to make eye blood. contact with our guests. <laughs> Although I can we barely just... kind of see you over my monitor, but <laughs> how are you? I'm doing great. This uh, has been a long time coming. Yes. I, I just want to say a quick shout out to Jolene. Oh, my God. She is an absolutely incredible person for what she's going through and the attitude that she's taken. I think she is really an amazing person. And she's, an, uh, she's just an example of, of what the young adult movement is all about and how intrinsically necessary it is to have voices like hers heard that are not standard they're not sort of media friendly. They're not conducive towards, you know, your regular conversations of hope and optimism. It's about the reality of owning what's going on in your life and making sure that you have control over it to the very last moment. Absolutely. Yes. So anyway, I have I love you to begin with. <laughs> I I don't even remember the moment I found out about the website. I, someone told me or whatever, but I I've had this idea. For years, you didn't steal my idea. I just like the idea that no one's ever really connected Google Maps with cancer survivors. And I'm making very light of the the basic idea: is where are all the cancer survivors? They're on Facebook. That's nice, but who's going to map what cities they're in or what zip codes they're in with what diseases they have and how old they are? Who's going to put that all together to make it easier to find the right peer support? without having to call a toll-free number and speak to a human, which is still fine. But it's 2011, and we're going to have Johnny on the show, and no one does the real human being connection better than Johnny Immerman of Immerman Angels. Right. But the idea of connected, direct peer support online through targeted metrics and demographic information has never been done before until I discovered IHadCancer.com, and my eyeballs literally sank in the back of my head saying, thank God. Someone put two and two together. So that was my first foray, and I think I might have emailed you like nine times in the same day without realizing that you had come to OMG 2011 here in New York, and you were already a Kool-Aid drinking member of I2Y. I certainly was, and I was wearing my I Had Cancer t-shirt. Back then, yes. yes. <laughs> so I want to hear your, your story. Uh, I mean, I know your story, but I would love you to share your story. Uh, breast cancer gets a bad rap because it's just so preeminent, in the conversation, but you've decided to do something that isn't breast cancer specific, which I really admire, and you face the same isolation that all young adults do, but just talk us through those uh, first couple of days of symptoms or weeks of symptoms and how you're diagnosed. Sure. Um, I was actually pretty lucky. Um, I got to hear the news while I was on vacation with family, Um, so it was easier to digest and it was easier to kind of tell my family members a little bit at a time. Um, And, you know, as great as they were, just like uh, many of us, uh, we are isolated. We don't really have the support that we need. And so I thought that because of the experience of not having someone that I can talk to about how I was feeling, the kind of issues that I was going to be dealing with, fertility, my hair falling out, um, 
I I wanted to create a, a site that would allow people to connect with one another, with one another um, by geographical location, by age, by type of cancer, um, by gender, by a variety of different things, so that they can really get that support that they need. Because only someone who's been in our shoes can really tell us what it's going to be like. And my let's just let's interrupt. You're how old, and you're you're based in New York. How old were you when you were diagnosed? And how I, old do you know? I was 33. Okay. I am 37 now. Yeah. Um, and That's yes. my age. Well, you're a baby face, 37. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> it's the Latina. Yeah, probably. It's the Latina. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the juicing that it's I Ponce, yeah. It's oh, Ponce yeah. de Leon, the fountain of youth. You yes. don't you don't have kelp cakes though, do you? Uh, no, I haven't tried them yet, but I hear they're really good. Okay. <laughs> See, I bring it full circle. That's what I do. So four years out. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and when, actually, is, when is the elusive five-year cancerversary? Um, let me see. Well, I just can, I just celebrated my three-year this year. Okay. So, so I you're would say mid, actually in two, in two okay. years. Okay. So you're, you're mid-four-ish. Okay. Right. Got right. it. Um, but going back to the website, it was really about connecting people, and so far we've gotten really great responses about people saying that they're so happy that the site is now available, something that wasn't available before, and even I, you know, would have greatly benefited from it because I was getting a lot of advice from, from people, and it was really great, but no one that was really my age that had the same type of issues, so I thought that it was really important. And being that I had a background in the digital space, I'm a partner in a web development agency here in the city, Squeaky Wheel Media, Um, I wanted to really leverage my experience and my team's experience and then my experience with with cancer and put the two together to help as many people as we possibly could. And that's why I didn't want to focus it on breast cancer because I think that there's already a lot of support for breast cancer, but there are so many other cancers out there that people don't know about or that don't have the support that that they need. Right. So you actually have your work team. They helped you put this site together. You guys all did it. You pulled them out and said, I'm passionate about this. We're doing this, Join me. Exactly. (laughs) I purchased the URL maybe about a year before I told anyone. I started working on designs with the creative director. And then when I thought that the story and the reasons behind it were set, I shared it with the team at an off-site that we had, and everyone practically, like, fell over. Um, they just thought it was really um, pretty innovative. incredible. Yeah, well, innovative. No one's really done it the right way yet. So, so we're trying. <laughs> no, you're, you're, I, I, mean, I told you, like, I, we've come to your office like four times. We've slept to the West Side Highway <laughs> and 28th Street, which is practically like, like Ohio compared to like Midtown. And you've come to our office and you're here again now. I mean, there's an amazing conversation to be said about the innovation of technology, social media, and human interest in the niche market, I call it a market, of cancer survivors. Yeah. Um, and, and kudos to you. And I know it's, it's an ever-evolving iterative process like any beta with the, that permanent Google beta yep. you know, moniker that's <laughs> going to be up there. But it's, it's really good stuff. I want to hear about, because uh, I want to bring Johnny and Tamika on the air with you here. Obviously, you're, sure. you're not leaving because you're physically sitting here. Mm-hmm. But it's a great conversation to have because Johnny and Tamika are some of my role models, and I've met them, and I know they're listening, and I'm not kissing the rest on purpose, but they really are two of my role models because they've been able to create incredible offline communities of targeted support for people. They connect people like no one else's business. And I, I don't know if they've had the opportunity to explore what your site is doing, but it's a great counterpoint to have the best in the world at connecting and building communities 
for peer support with what I am deeming the currently best and ideal solution out there in social media that connects cancer survivors together. But before we just bring them on, I want you to talk to us about what the, I know you've done a huge media blitz, lots of PR. What has been the, uh, the reception from the mainstream world on the site? Um, you know what? I'm going to let Maya answer that one because she's been dealing with a lot of them lately. So hold on. And who is Maya? Hi. I work with Mylet. I'm directing the I Had Cancer team. Um, so That's right. Right up to the mic. Sorry. Sorry about that. Almost eat it. <laughs> but don't. Hi there. <laughs> um, so we've been having a lot of fun, and uh, the responses have been just heartbreaking and heartwarming. Um, people that have had rare cancers and have been searching and searching for someone to connect with um, have started conversations on the site. Uh, the discussion sections have quickly um, developed. People are connecting and using their journals and reaching out and helping each other. Um, so it's been it's been great. We've been we've been live for five weeks, and the response rate has every day has is just growing and growing, and it's a snowball effect. Um, so it's great to see that people think that our idea is great, is good and useful. Can you walk us through quickly? Because I know it says on the site how it works. Just tells people specifically how the site does work. Okay. Um, yeah. Basically, when you come to the site, uh, you have the opportunity to really search for the type of people that have your cancer immediately, so you don't have to worry about registering or anything. If you find people that you think you can connect with, then you can go ahead and register. That way, you have full access to everything on the site. So you can have the ability to um, register and create a profile, connect with people, uh, direct message them, uh, participate in our discussions, as well as our Dear Cancer section, which is kind of taken off and people are just getting things off their chest and you know uh, I'm not someone who really curses much and you can ask anyone that knows me <laughs> um, but that gave me an opportunity to really get angry and that's what you can do um, in your cancer uh, it's pretty simple to register it's free there no you know we're not asking anyone for any kind of money um, and we really we really value uh, the stories and the power that every story has in connecting with someone and making dealing with cancer for someone else a lot easier. So you can be as public or as private. You can go broad in terms of your message and have everybody on the site see it theoretically or just go one-on-one -on -one with the direct messages. Correct. Uh, unless you're actually connected with someone, they won't be able to see your story or your treatment information or, um, you know, a lot of the information except for, you know, just the main profile. Okay. Um, we are... Like Matt said, it is a beta, so we're getting a lot of feedback from people saying that they actually want to make it fully public, their mm -hmm. profile. So we're working on doing a lot of other um, security features that allow them to do that. Right. Yeah, and I just wanted to add that one of the biggest communities on the site so far has come from what we call supporters, which um, includes caregivers and relatives and people that are close to the ones actually fighting with cancer, reaching out to other supporters and finding advice and asking questions and building a community um, and really supporting one another on the site. So that's also been great to see people finding help that way. So let's let's bring out Johnny and Tamika. I'll intro them with, uh, this will make sense. <laughs> All right, Lisa, you're up. Oh, I'm up, Tamika Felder. We're coming to get you. 
Tamika Felder is an award-winning television producer and correspondent. After a diagnosis of advanced cervical cancer in 2001 at the age of 25, she used her experience to help educate other women about ways to prevent it. She's the founder and CEO of Tamika and Friends, a national nonprofit organization dedicated to cervical cancer awareness through a network of survivors and their friends. Her inspiring story and message have been featured in numerous media outlets. She was honored in November 2006 with a Presidential Leadership Award at the Kennedy Center by Women in Government for her efforts in helping to elate cervical cancer. You know your lover, Tamika Felder. Hello, everyone. Uh, and I'll do Johnny because only I can do Johnny. Oh, that oh sounds, that's an isolation. Uh, uh, that is a sound clip isolation. Good. Only I can do Johnny. In the near corner in the red trunks, customized for comfortable one-ball fit, embroidered with the b one number one on his ass, we have Johnny Ehrman from Chicago who beat testicular cancer twice as many times as he has testicles left to show for it. And yes, some call him Mr. Johnny, and he's half-nuts and willing to talk about anything below the belt. We love them, we love them, we love them. Tamika fell to Johnny Aaron. <laughs> Hello. Tamika's awesome. awesome at saying the JJ a lot, too. No, Punani. That's I Punani. Do. Yeah. I do. I say I all she, that coochie. She, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say something before we get into this. Um, Go for it. It wasn't in the news, but we have a walk on Saturday in New York City. It's our fourth annual walk. WalkTheBeatTheClock.org is the website, and it doesn't matter if you had cervical cancer or what. Come out and join us, and we're having an after party in Brooklyn. Tamika, I'm going to be there. Oh, I can't wait to see nice. you. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I don't know if you were listening in the beginning, but Milette was at OMG 2011, so no, she I knows met you guys. Her. I met yeah. her. Oh, you met her? Okay. Met I her. met her, and she was so beautiful sitting there in the shirt. I have to say, you've got that Johnny Emerman style of branding. The shirt caught my eye. I have to get one. <laughs> Very nice. I will send you one. <laughs> Ain't no strangers on the Super Kansas Show. Can Very I interject nice. something? Yes, Kenny. Hey, girl. Hey, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, just just for I mean, if there are, we, we just found out. I I don't know if I share this with you, Johnny and, and Tamika, but we just found out that we have roughly fifty to sixty thousand people listen to every show, which is which blew my mind. I'm thinking like there's nine people in a hall somewhere in Arkansas, like that's you know grafting on this every week. Not all at once because they download it through the week. That's true. Not all tonight. No, but so don't get nervous or anything. Yeah, it's not like live sixty thousand. That's like Howard yeah. Stern kind of stuff. But well, actually, that's like <laughs> one sixth of Howard Stern kind of stuff. But for the people that may not know who you are, and we did intro you accordingly. Um, there are maybe some people. No, who I'm don't all know for. I'm all, I'm all. I'm all for this. You know that. I'm, all right, I'm a Tamika, champion of I know you're a ten-year cervical cancer survivor, but why don't you talk us through briefly your story and where you're at today, and we'll let Johnny take over that, and then I want to give you guys in the chat about peer support. So go for it. Uh, I'm a ten-year survivor, and I'm so excited about that. That's my thing. Like I cannot stop saying I'm a ten-year survivor. I'm a ten-year survivor <laughs> because I never thought I would have made it there. I had advanced cervical cancer. Um, I had a radical hysterectomy followed by chemotherapy and radiation, and it was very hard. It was really hard, and I think I didn't fully comprehend everything I went through with my cancer diagnosis until about six, seven years ago. And um, this was during a time when no one was really talking about cervical cancer because, of course, I have a cancer that's linked to a sexually transmitted disease. Years ago, I couldn't even say that. I was so ashamed. 
But, you know, now I don't feel that way, and it's very empowering. We still have a lot of work to do. But outside of cervical cancer, I do a lot with all cancers. I have a history of cancer in my family. I um, do a lot of support with everybody. I do a lot of work in the young adult community. I do a lot of work with um, communities of color because I hate cancer, and I want to see and into cancer. And also with Mr. Emerin and Sage Volte, I talk about sex because I think that's an important topic that a lot of people don't talk about, um, especially being a young adult. You know, you had cancer, so why not have good sex afterwards or doing, you know, if that floats your boat or whatever. So I do say the JJ Punani Coochie. Um, I could say some other colored things, but um, Love you, I Tanika. want people to feel comfortable talking about whether they don't have boobs and they want to have sex, if they have one boob, no nipples, tattooed nipples, um, if they don't have a cervix or not, if they don't have vaginal lips, whatever, or if they're burnt to a crisp, you can still somehow, somewhere um, be pleasured. And I want people to know that. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. (laughs) I'm turning red like when you mentioned cartwheeling in D.C., you Don't already are I'm red. Not ready. I'm not ready for that to come out yet. Oh, boy. <laughs> you already are red, Kenny. I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, red. Johnny. <laughs> hello, everybody. Tamika, I love you. Everybody else, I love hello, you hello. More. Thanks so much for having me. So, Johnny, one ball. Tell us your story. <laughs> for sure. It is true. I do have one ball. I was 26 years old, diagnosed with testicular cancer, equally as open about this as Tamika is. And I think the reality is if us young survivors want to help other people, we got to be willing to open it up and share and talk about it. Um, I was 26, diagnosed with testicular cancer, had my left testicle removed, um, did about four to five months of chemo, of course, bank sperm before that. Um, good chance that most of us are sterile afterwards. And... Um, then had one more surgery afterwards, had an 11-inch surgery through my stomach, and uh, four tumors behind my kidneys at 27, 28. And now at 36, I am a survivor, and uh, lucky enough that I really noticed something along the way with a group of survivors. You know, I, much more important than my story. I, I wanted to give back as a survivor. Each one of our stories is so important. So I started going into my cancer clinic locally in Michigan, where I was from at the time, and walking into rooms and talking to people and motivating them and saying, look, buddy, I was in that same bed two years ago, or at that point, a month ago, you know, and I'm okay now. You're going to get there. And then we realized the power of survivors one-to-one to be a mentor, to help other people out, to share your stories, and we started matching people one-to-one. And so that's really what Immerman Angels is about. It's about peer mentoring. So we, young adult survivors or older survivors too, are able to give back and motivate and use what we know help somebody else navigate through their journey. Well, let me let me get your perspective though. Obviously then you guys are familiar with IHadCancer.com. In a world I sound like a, in, in a, a world, world. <laughs> where you know we are we are a good ten years into the idea of an eight hundred number you can call to get connected to another human being of similar affinity through a disease, are we ready for an online resource where people can connect themselves? And what is your what are your thoughts on its impact on the value of human beings really connecting other people? I'll start with Tamika. I think it's very, very important, and kudos to Johnny um, and his team, everybody over at Emmerman's Angels, um, because they're really fast with getting connections going, and I always say this, no matter how, how hard or rare the type of cancer, 
somehow they will find a connection. I, I love um, what I had cancers doing over there because I remember, you know, being diagnosed in 2001. We had the Internet. I sound so archaic here, but, you know, this is when, you know, we still had the dial-up version of AOL and everything else. And I remember um, trying to find message boards because that was the big thing then, you know, of, young adults with cancer, and it was really, really hard. So I think this is another um, advancement, especially for young people with cancer, and this will change the face of peer support, and I love it. Johnny? Yes, I, Tamika, I could not echo what you've said more strongly. There's absolutely room for both. There's so much need out there. There are so many. Americans fighting cancer every year, all over the world, young and old, fighting cancer, who fight alone without help, that anyone out there who's working to connect people and getting it done is a positive. It's helping people. You know, it does not matter who puts the tag on who does the matchup. That means nothing. It's about lives and changing lives for people that are sick. So Immerman Angels is a one-on-one peer support where we'll talk to you, we'll get to know you, we'll match you. I had cancer. May let what you're doing is awesome. I 100%, 100% endorse it and believe in it. And you're able to go online because not everybody is able to pick up that phone and call Emmerman Angels. And I realize that, you know, that not everyone can do that. That's a big step, you know, to call and pick up the phone. And maybe online for some people is just the outlet they need. Hats off to May let for building what you have because help those people that want to go that route connect. So there's room for both. There's no question about it. Um, we're still not getting to everybody. We need even more help. We need both of us. We need more groups connecting people. We need more awareness. And we're still not making a fraction uh, dent, you know, in, in what we need to. And um, But all of us together, working together, and keeping both these ideas growing to make more connections, makes more friendships, makes it a better world for the guys that are in the clinic today. What still, how have you guys, and, and um, my lead included, even though you're fairly new to this game, but what have you seen uh, change in the time that you guys have been leaders in the young adult community, and what are still your greatest challenges? Tamika, you want to start? Yeah, I, I mean, I think social media has really changed the way people connect, the way people get support. Um, I, I, You know, there's so many people I've never met personally, but I feel um, so connected to them. Uh, just even hearing what Jolene is going through, I, I, I see it on her Facebook page, but to actually hear her voice and, you know, hear, it, it makes you want to live a better life knowing what she's going through and, you know, put the petty stuff aside. A lot of challenges, um, funding is always a challenge for anything that you want to do. But for a lot of organization, if, or organizations, if you're really dedicated to what you're doing, you know, you'll find a way somehow, and it's hard. You know, I'm with a very small non-for-profit. You know, I always say we're big yet we're we're small yet mighty. We do a lot of work. I, I think um, if you have something to do, you'll find a way to do it because there are a lot of people out here who are suffering and they need help. And for me personally, I don't want anyone to ever feel isolated and alone the way that I did. And like Melette, I also had a great support group, but it's nothing like that peer to peer, you know, people going through the same thing that you're going through, something that I know Johnny knows exactly about. Johnny, yeah. what's your what's your greatest challenges right now? What's the greatest challenge right now? Um, you know, uh, I think all of us, we're all the same team, right? Everybody wants the same thing. My biggest challenge is we're reaching thousands every year. 
but I want to be reaching hundreds of thousands. I want to be reaching all the 1.5 million Americans diagnosed every year. And it frustrates me every day that we're not there quite yet. At the same time, you just keep pedaling the bike and you get there and you keep building it. Um, but what my left's doing is a great way to, to reach a whole new group that may not be able to reach out to Immerman Angels, and they want to use online. So to me, the challenge is how do we get to all of them? That's the only reason we all do what we do. That's the end goal. When all 1.5 million Americans diagnosed every year know for free, they have free access to a survivor like them to motivate them and help them navigate, then we've really done our job. I'll chime in here because I think, before my light was going to say, that the barriers, we live in the the core of the apple. We tend to forget this. I, actually, I was at the NCON, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, I was at the NCON con, uh, convention in San Diego, and I felt like I needed to remind everybody there that we live inside the core of the apple. We forgot what it was like when we were diagnosed and had no idea how this entire world worked or existed. And the barrier for a survivor or a patient or newly diagnosed anybody to even be aware that they have a, the right to support, that they have access, that there are other people out there. Mm-hmm. I would imagine the overwhelming majority of people who get diagnosed with the cancer, unless it's something like huge like breast cancer where you already know there's an inherent culture in this country about that, think they're the only ones, especially if they're younger. Where is the solution or where is the, 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 the end of the barrier and this is for all three of us, so in my life, where that newly diagnosed person is made aware that there are other people just like them, and here are the places you need to go to find them. Go. I think that that's actually an area that we are trying to overcome right now. I mean, we're having, you know, we've gotten quite a bit of press, and we have our social media, you know, our, our social media um, outlets, Facebook, Twitter, um, but, you know, like Johnny said, get, reaching those 1.5 million people um, is pretty difficult. And somehow we have, to, we have to get out there and get it, you know, let them know that we're available. How do we do that? Maybe, you know, I, I assume partnering, continuing with the social media, partnering with uh, different charities like Tamika and um, Immerman Imman, Angels. Um, I think that's probably the only way that we can really do it is word of mouth and continuing to tell one person tells another and another working together together, exactly Um, one thing I I wanted to quickly tell Johnny and Tamika is that um, I Had Cancer uh, is going to have uh, charity pages available soon so that means that Johnny you can come in and you can sign up uh, Immerman, Immerman Angels and Tamika as well you can come in uh, and then let your supporters know about it, and then that also opens up the doors for you to make yourself available to people that might not even know that you're around. Right. Thank that's you. That's awesome. That, that, that's exactly what we need, collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. You know, whatever Immerman Angels can do to get the word out for I had cancer, to help ITY, to help First Defense. I'll be up at a surf camp at First Defense tomorrow in Santa Barbara with Ludden and the crew, and, you know, we all work together. And that's what I want all the listeners to know that. It's all a team. We're all on the same team. We all had cancer. And our goal is shared and collective. We're all stronger collectively, and we want to make it better. Just like Millette said, there's a lot of them out there. We're touching a fraction. we got to be better. we got to get more awareness. we got to make sure that even if they don't want to get connected, they know for free they have the opportunity. Then we've done our job. 
Right. That's that's really important. I also want to talk about the other people who may be feeling alone, that they go on a website or they're searching social media for some type of support, but they feel like they don't have that voice or they feel like they're not confident enough to talk about their cancer diagnosis because there are a lot of people who read things or they feel like, oh, well, my story's a little different or mine's a little worse or it's not as bad, and they kind of just search in silence. Um, I love these websites now that are becoming more inviting and friendly and not so intimidating because there are people out there who, even though they're coming on and they're looking, they're kind of still suffering in silence. And it's important that, um, you know, we make these websites where they're not intimidating. Right. To Tamika's point, um, one of the things that we'd like to make sure that we tell our our, um, our members um, and anyone who's willing to listen is that no matter how small or insignificant you think your story is, that one story can actually make a whole difference to someone across the country or maybe someone even just close to you. Um, so people should really come out and, and share them because it can really make such a big impact on someone else. What a great guys- point, Millette. Any survivor, whether it's stage one, stage zero, stage four, you are a survivor. Your story is important. You know, find a way to click in with one of these groups and share your story if you're comfortable, of course, and give back because literally it doesn't matter what stage level you're at. We're all survivors. We're all the same. We're all equal. Your story can help someone because somebody tomorrow will be diagnosed, and sadly, with the same thing at the same stage level, and you're the perfect fit for them. As heads of organizations, how do you guys um, all spend kind of the majority of your time? We had a question in the chat room where somebody was saying, like, just specifically focusing on social media, you know, it's enough to try to, like, keep up your Facebook page, but then you have to have Twitter and then you have the website. And, you know, we even, like, know that here you kind of have to juggle all those things. I'm interested to hear all of you as as organization heads, like, where do you find that you kind of devote most of your time and how do you kind of manage it and where do most of your, your energies and efforts go? When I'm crying in the shower, I'm most creative. <laughs> Matthew's got here. Yeah. Matthew's a whole different story. I don't want to but, know why you're crying. Yeah. Uh, who my let you want to start? Uh, sure. Um, you know, I think that's actually really difficult because I'm having a hard time myself trying to figure out. Okay, well, when do I go on Twitter? When do I go on Facebook? Now I have my Facebook page, but I also have, you know, the I had cancer Facebook page that I need to monitor. And then on top of that, there is the website and all the comments coming in. So I think it's a matter. Interns. <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, it's a matter of, I guess, balancing it out and, you know, really spending a set, set amount of time on each and dedicating a portion of the day for each so that you're not worried about, okay, well, I need to spend, you know, a little bit more time in here and then jumping onto something else and then jumping onto something else. So I think it's about, you know, balancing and having some kind of schedule so that you can, you know, go through all of those. Um, and like Matthew said, uh, interns. <laughs> John, interns. Johnny, what about you? Yeah, interns are great. Well, first of all, my let I mean, reach out to your partners. Like First Ascent, I2Y, Emmerman Angels, reach out to us simply just because, you know, we've learned a few things along the way. And not that I'm an expert in this, because trust me, I am not, as Matt and Kenny know all too well. I barely know what I'm doing on Facebook and Twitter. But you find people who do. But reach out to your partners. We're here to help. We're here to share. And this goes to everybody listening out there. You know, if you're starting up a cancer charity and you need help, reach out to Don't another Don't start group. a charity. <laughs> don't start a charity, right? Some of us better to join them. Tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen but, to the Cancer Founders Club. Don't start a charity. <laughs> 
It is a lot of work. Well, how to be unless a there's a, a crack. What's the thing you say, Johnny? I love that. What's that? What, um, when you say there's a crack in the foundation or there's something, yeah, there's a crack in the system. You know, it's yeah. So if you find a crack, yeah, then start a charity, but don't start create recreate the wheel. <laughs> yes, that is well said. You know, I think that um, if each one of us could live through this, right? Like Tamika, Matt, myself, they You know, we've all had cancer. We've all gone through the system. We've all gone through our ups and downs and challenges and good days and bad days and you see a crack, we all see different cracks, and you choose the crack that you're the most passionate about, and you service it, and you build it only if it's not already being done out there. And if it's being done out there, join them, work together. We need more teams. But if it's not being done out there, then that crack needs to be serviced, and that's why you see ITY or First Ascent and so forth. Johnny just said that a crack needs to be serviced. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that you were the only man who could service him or I something can, like no, that? No, I said I was the only man who could do Johnny. <laughs> do Johnny. Well, yeah. Usually I'm talking about, about 180 degrees away, the one ball. Today we're at a crack. <laughs> I, 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 have to, I, I have a little bit because I'm, I don't know Johnny as long as the rest of as, as Tamika and Matt do, so I have to ask this inevitable question. Sure. Um. Ever not wear the Immerman Angels T-shirt? Is there like a collared shirt that ever gets worn for like holidays or anything like that, Johnny? There are or no? A couple out there in existence. It's about once every two years I pull that bad boy out. Very, only very when, rarely. Only when he marries people. <laughs> That's right. Only, no, I thought he wore um, the shirt when he married the folks. Really? I did. I really did. I, I took the <laughs> shirt off. Um, I've actually been very flattered and asked to marry uh, two different best friends of mine. One was my roommate in college. Um, married he and his wife, 300 people at Palo Alto, and I did not wear the shirt out of respect when you're the officiant. <laughs> out of respect. <laughs> <laughs> out of respect. I'm like, this is about not cancer today. we got to marry these people. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one I did as well, my buddy Noel in Chicago and his wife just got married a couple months ago. Yeah, and to, that one I to Johnny's credit, most people don't know this, but Albert Einstein owned 22 pairs of the exact same suit, shirt, pants, and shoes. He wore the exact same outfit every single day, but it was always a clean, pressed, new version of it. But did he own an Immerman Angels T-shirt? I believe it was emblazoned in a in, in a proton somewhere. <laughs> right. He's behind the times if he didn't have one of these shirts. All right, so long story short, obviously online peer connection. You know, we are assuming survivors or caregivers are intelligent enough to be able to facilitate their own needs online. But it's not the end of Johnny. It's a new realm of intercommunication that complements the existing system, correct? Exactly. Exactly. There is room for both. There's room for more. There may be another idea out there that is a hybrid or something different. The bottom line is we answer the question, are people reaching those who've survived and want to help them? Yes or no? And the more of us doing anything to make those connections happen for people are doing something positive, and we all got to work together to get that done until we reach the 1.5 million. That's the target. So, Johnny, you have an event coming up this month, don't you? We do. Our biggest one of the year, thanks, Matt, is in Chicago. Um, it's a fun one. It's a 20-person fashion show. Um, it's up in Grossinger uh, Auto Complex in Lincoln Park this year. We're moving it. This is our fifth year working with Akira, which is a boutique retailer in Chicago, about 14 stores or so. They really run the event. And we were very flattered. We had about two. We actually went over 2,000 people last year, so we switched to this auto complex. They just move all the cars out so everybody can see the show. 
Um, it's a great event. If anybody's bored, it's a Sunday, October second. Anyone's bored? Come to Don't Chicago. care about the cause. Just show <laughs> you're bored. I'll book my flight. <laughs> if you're bored that weekend and you don't have great plans, just come to Chicago. It's you're a fifteen dollars ticket. You're a great spokesperson for your cause, Johnny. Fifteen dollars ticket. So hope you care about the cause, of course. But if you don't care about the cause, please still come and learn about the cause, and maybe then you will. But uh, a lot of survivors come out, a lot of friends come out, and um, we just want to get the word out for what we do. And, Tamik, do you have your walk coming up? Yes, but I don't mind plugging again, walktobeattheclock.org. It's a cervical cancer walk, but anybody can come out and walk. And one of the things that we do, we know it's hard in this economy. Um, we never turn down anyone. So even if you don't register, still come out. Of course, we'd love to make funds, but just come out. It's a really good time. Um, the park is beautiful um, for people in New York. It's where the mayor's mansion is at, Gracie Mansion, and and Carl Schurz uh, Park. What? Yes. Yes. Carl, oh, yes. Carl Schurz. I always yes. say it wrong. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Um, even though I'm afraid of dogs, it is a doggy park, and there's lots of dogs out there. And the people who actually live in the neighborhood, they always come out and support. It's just really a, a really good time. And uh, hopefully it will be great weather like we have every year. And it's along the water, and it's just beautiful. And the dogs are actually confined to a dog park, or they have to be on a leash. So it's not like the dogs are going to run and attack you. Exactly, but for I used me, to live near it doesn't that matter. I'm still terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to live near that park, so just for folks out there, yeah, they will. They the dogs will not harm you. They're foofy. They're foofy Upper East Side dogs. Yeah, they're like they foofy dogs. Yeah, <laughs> they yip. They don't bark. Yes. And um, all right, I'm gonna say that uh, Squeaky and I too, I should get together for like this like trans club night fundraiser. Sounds good. At, yeah. at Tunnel. Um, This has been the greatest season opener of the show in four years. Been tremendous. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Hats off to ITY, everything you guys are doing to get the word out for all these causes. You guys keep it going, baby. Keep it going. Thank you for coming on the show. Have a safe travels, Johnny. You're never home, and good luck to wherever you're going to be. Thank Uh, you, buddy. Tamika, we'll see you soon. Take care, Johnny. And uh, you guys. And I hear Cancer is going to work with us on OMG 2012. We're our we're a tight team. You guys take care of yourselves. Okay, take care. Stay well. Thanks, Tamika. Thank you, guys. Johnny and Tamika. (laughs) And my left. Well, my left's still here. Well, I know. (laughs) I mean, we can say an official thank you to her. Well, no. No, or her. Clearly not. All right, fine. My left gets. uh, her own applause. Uh, thank you, Matt. <laughs> and Maya gets her own applause. And James gets his own applause. We're and 918, yes. And Kenny gets and I got a want, want, want. Kenny gets... <laughs> I'm feeling a sick day coming on. <laughs> <laughs> good show. Really good show. Very good show. Kenny just wants to go to Jersey. <clears throat> Oh boy. It's 9,000 degrees in here, by the way. I know. It that? got warmer. It got warmer. We do boy. our best. We do our best. All right. Well, with that, it's time to close the show with our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray! I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo! <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, everybody, that is tonight's show, our 196th broadcast 
We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer. Like to thank our guests, Jolene and Denise von Milanich, Mylite Lopez, Maya Landsberg, Johnny Irman, Tamika Felder in studio, James Manning, Mr. Kenny Kane, and my BFF, Lisa Bernhard. BFF? Stop me dead in my tracks in <laughs> Wow. Next week's show, everybody, on the 19th, Health Corps are devoted to school-based peer mentoring. Stick around for that. In the Survivor Spotlight, Matt Klein, who's a young adult survivor of Hodgkins, and Amy Barone, the Director of Communications of Health Corps, will be here. Sarah Frank, the coordinator of Health Corps, will be here to tell us all about it. And a special surprise for next week, Zoe Oz, the young daughter of Dr. Memon Oz, will be on the show next week live. Because he's associated with Health Corps. Yes, he is. All right, if you've missed any of our past shows from Seasons 1 through Seasons 8, Download them all for free anytime at iTunes.stupidcancer.com or check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com anytime. Remember, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. Live from the chemo deck. On behalf of Lisa Bernhard, myself, and our whole team here at Stupid Cancer Show, have a great week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.